Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You don't know what you have till you give it up, and then you look back and you say, you know what, I had it good. You don't want to get into an adulterous affair. You know, the grass is always green. Somebody somebody once said the grass is always green on the other side, but you don't know how much the water bill was. You know, this side of room thing is still happening because the laughter started here and it kind of swept over that way. You know, God says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, Leave with me Exodus chapter 20 and go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And this is where we'll spend the remainder of our time tonight. In Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to pick up right about verse 27. Matthew chapter 5. In verse 27. We'll spend a bit of time here. Matthew chapter 5. In verse 27, Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. Remember, I've been telling you over the last several weeks, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Jesus always gets down to the heart of the matter, which is the matter of the heart. Listen what he has to say about adultery. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 27. You there? Say amen. amen. You heard, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Stop right there. Give me your attention. If you were with us, are you listening? If you were with us in our study in Matthew, you know that this section is known as the Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus earlier, we know from the scriptures, sat down and he began to teach his disciples. And he talks about the law and he begins to show them that the law is more than outward activity. The law is about inward attitude. You see, the Pharisees thought and taught that the law was all about a bunch of do's and don'ts. And they were missing the heart issue. The Pharisees taught that if a man would just control himself, he would be righteous. And Jesus says, nope, because even if you think or feel it in your heart, you have committed a sin. Jesus said in verse 27, you heard the scribes and the Pharisees say, you shall not commit adultery, but 
I say unto you, if you even look at a woman and lust after her, you've already committed adultery. Again, Jesus is talking about the heart. The problem is the heart. The phrase whosoever looks at a woman is in the present tense in the Greek language. And so Jesus is talking about something that you habitually, continually do. Jesus, this could actually read, whosoever continues to look, continues to look at a woman with lustful thoughts. It doesn't mean if you just look at a woman and you say, oh, she's pretty. You know, somebody once asked me, they said, Pastor Rodney, when do I know that I've gotten to the place of lust in my heart? When I look at a woman, I said, when you take the second look, you'll get that on the way home. (laughs) Jesus says, If you continually look at a woman and lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. Therefore, Jesus, listen, watch this. Jesus now takes the problem of adultery past the physical act. And many people in this room right now could say, I've never committed adultery. And you might say, well, this sermon's not for me. Well, wait a minute. Jesus is saying, even if you haven't physically committed adultery, but you've lusted in your heart, then you have committed adultery. And I don't think that many people in this room can say that they've never lusted in their heart. I'm not going to ask you, raise your hand. (laughs) All right. But not many of us can say that. So we have to take our thoughts captive. How do you, how do you, how do you not lust in your heart? How can you avoid lusting in your heart and taking, you know, getting control of your mind? you got to take those thoughts captive, the Bible says. You know, I'll tell you something. If you have a steady diet of Sports Illustrated, Swimsuit Edition, or Desperate Housewives, and that's your steady diet, you're going to have a problem with lust in your heart. Somebody once said it like this, garbage in, garbage out. And what's up with Desperate Housewives anyway? I mean, what is that? Desperate housewives, you understand the culture is just going away from completely of what the scriptures teach. And if your diet is, you know, that kind of thing, you're going to have problems in with your thought life. You know, somebody once said it like this, and it's a great truth in a popular proverb. Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, Reap a character, so a character reap a destiny. Isn't that true? But if you're putting God's word in your heart and in your mind and in your heart, listen, you're going to produce good fruit. You got to get control of your mind. Get it, you know, New Year's coming up, people are making a New Year's resolution to lose weight and all of these kind of things. How about this? Make a New Year's resolution that you're going to get in God's word this year. You're going to start coming to church regularly. Not just once or twice a Sunday and hit and miss a Wednesday, but you're going to really commit to getting in church. Really commit to get involved in the singles ministry. Get involved in the men's ministry. You know, the prayer thing is a great time to just jump in there, come and pray, and then join up with the men's Bible study. Join up with the women's Bible study with Elvira. Begin to saturate your mind and your life with the things of God, and I guarantee you, you will have less struggle in your flesh. The reason you have so much struggle in your flesh is because your flesh is weak. Now, your flesh is already weak by itself. It don't need any help. 
But when you start feeding on all this junk, you are weakening your flesh. And then what happens is some really nice looking girl or secretary walks by. Oh. And now you're weak. You see, Jesus said, listen, if you look upon a woman, you've lusted already in your heart. So you got to get control of your mind. Now you say, Rodney, come on, you can't control what comes into your mind. Well, well, to a degree, listen, that's very true. You cannot control what comes into your mind, but you can certainly control what can control what stays in your mind. And somebody once said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you certainly can stop him from making a nest in it. Isn't that true? You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, great memory verse, tells us to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of who? Christ. You know that. Bring those thoughts into captivity. And if you don't bring your thoughts into obedience to Christ, and if you think long and hard enough about anything, you're going to find yourself doing it. And that's why Jesus says, if your eye offend you, then pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, then cut it off. What does he mean? This is what he means. He doesn't mean pluck physically, pluck out your eye. That's not what Jesus is saying. He doesn't mean physically cut off your hand. Jesus is simply saying you need to deal, watch this, directly and even violently with any part of your being that causes you to stumble. And it was Job who said it like this in Job 31.1. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look on a young woman? Listen, Job isn't saying I'll never look at a pretty girl again. Job is saying what Jesus is saying. You have to control lust and put a hedge around it. Don't commit adultery. You've got to control these things and shore up your mind. Do you understand that? You understand the battle here is for the mind. You got me? The battle's for the mind. If Satan can control your mind, he can control your actions. It ain't that difficult. You know, Satan can't make you. You don't have a you don't have batteries in your back and a wind up deal. And Satan winds you up. Okay, now go murder someone. Go murder them. Okay, I go. (laughs) He doesn't do that. He can't do that. But what he can do is cause you to be unforgiving long enough and hateful long enough. Jesus said at that point, you've already committed murder. But if that mind isn't taken captive and those thoughts, you would wind up then going to kill someone physically. You understand? That's pretty extreme. I understand. But still, it works out practically that way. So you got to take control of your mind. Very, very important. Jesus says you got to look. Plug it out. Violently deal with it. Deal with the sin in your life, adultery. You know, I grew up Catholic, many of you know, and, and some of y'all grew up Catholic, and you'll probably be able to relate to this. Um, and in Catholic church and in Catholic doctrine and in Catholic theology, there are basically two kinds of sin. You have what, my fellow Catholic people? Venial sins. Well, you got original sin, yeah. Venial sins, and you have what? Mortal sins. Venial sins and mortal sins. Now listen, venial sins, they teach, is forgivable. Mortal sins are unforgivable. 
If you commit a mortal sin, listen, according to Catholic teaching, there is no hope for you. No chance. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. You are going to bust hell wide open. Okay. That's, That's essentially what it is. And mortal sins were suicide. I was talking to a brother last night about this. Is suicide a mortal sin? In other words, will you go to hell if you commit suicide? We were talking about that. The Catholic Church considers that a mortal sin. By the way, no, you won't. If you commit suicide, you won't go to hell. The only thing that causes you to go to hell is your rejection of Jesus Christ. Let's just keep it clear. Rejecting Christ sends you to hell. The Catholic Church teaches that suicide is a mortal sin, murder a mortal sin, idolatry, and even, listen, watch this, adultery is considered a mortal sin, one of the deadly sins. Now listen, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that God is willing to forgive any sin. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, here's another good memory verse for you. As a matter of fact, it's such a good verse, you got to turn to it. Turn real quick. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Turn quick, turn quick, turn quick. First John, turn in the right, turn to the right. Okay? Well, your page is going left. First John, it's right before second John. It's on, it's on page 1072. Now, now look, 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 look. First John... You got to see this because this is a good verse. And if you don't know it, you need to commit it to memory. Talking about the mind, commit this verse to memory. First John chapter one and look at verse nine. First John, not the gospel. First John chapter one, look at verse nine. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Good. Would you read it with me? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, that is what the Bible says as it relates to forgiveness and sins. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You want to notice that John doesn't say if we confess our venial sins. But notice, and he he doesn't say if we confess our mortal sins. He says if we confess our sin, God is faithful and God is just. In other words, every repentant heart will be forgiven, even adultery, even suicide, even if someone murders someone, you will be forgiven. We serve a great and awesome God, saints. We're forgiven if we confess our sin, confess it to him. He's faithful and he is just to forgive us our sin and to wash us clean, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thou shalt not commit adultery. God will forgive you. There's a great story in the gospel of John. Hey, we're turning Turn there. Go to the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and what? John. Look at John chapter 8. Now, we're not going to read it, but I'm just going to rehearse it for you so you can put your little book ticker marker thing there and read it tonight. But it's in John chapter 8, talking about adultery and talking about forgiveness. And God will forgive adultery. This is a classic story in John chapter 8. As Jesus is in the temple area there in chapter 8, 
And it's early in the morning. Give me your attention. It's early in the morning there in John chapter 8. Jesus is in the temple and he's teaching a Bible study. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And he threw this woman down. They threw this woman down before Jesus. And they said, Jesus, she broke the commandment. You shall not commit adultery. Now listen at this. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23 and verse 24 says, if someone is caught in the act of adultery, the woman and the man is to be brought. But these religious folks, in their endeavor to entrap Jesus, they brought the woman only, wanting Jesus to use the law against this woman when in fact they were breaking the law. Isn't that just like religious folks? Breaking the law. So they said, Jesus, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. What are you going to do about it? And the Bible says that Jesus stooped down and he began writing in the dirt. Now listen, we don't know. Are you listening? We don't know what he wrote in the dirt. We have no idea. The Bible does not tell us what Jesus wrote in the dirt. One guy, just the other day, Elvira and I were watching um, a television, teaching, preaching time. And this guy said that Jesus, when he, what he wrote in the dirt, he said that he felt that Jesus was doodling in the dirt. He said he was doodling. I said, Elvira, I said, did you hear that? I said, no, he didn't. Yeah, well, Jesus was doodling in the dirt. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me, first of all, read your Bible. It says they walked away convicted. So you mean to tell me that they walked away convicted because Jesus was down there making love hearts and arrows and. (laughs) What kind of nonsense is that? That's ridiculous. Now, listen, we don't know what he wrote, but we certainly do know he wasn't doodling. Now, I can tell you he wasn't doing that. Somebody say, man, do you understand? He couldn't have been doodling. That's ridiculous. So we are free now to have a little bit of sanctified imagination. And I believe, listen, I honestly believe that Jesus might have wrote, this is mine, might have wrote the Ten Commandments. And right next to the commandment, because remember, they came to him and said, she's breaking the Ten Commandments. One of them, she committed adultery. It's very possible Jesus started writing them out. Commandment number one, commandment number two, commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. And right next to that one, it's very possible Jesus wrote, Rabbi Bernstein, you were just with this woman last week. But, but it's very possible that, that he wrote down the names. And this is why, are you listening? This is why they walked away, the Bible says, and they were convicted. Something that Jesus wrote, we do know and can conclude That whatever Jesus wrote, it was very convicting to them. And when he wrote in the sand and they obviously looked at it, Rabbi Bernstein seeing his name possibly, all of a sudden now, where's where's all the condemnation? He probably saw his name next to thou shalt not commit adultery and and, and said, oh, you know, I got to run, got an appointment. (laughs) And he walked away. And it was at that point, it's beautiful, read it in your own time, that Jesus 
said to the woman, he said, woman, where are those who condemn you? And she said, they're not here, Lord. And with eyes of compassion and not condemnation, Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And would you please note this? Jesus didn't execute her. He excused her. He didn't excuse her to go sin again. He excused her not to be judged. And he said, go and sin no more. And get this, God was showing unmatchless grace to this woman because here we do have the story. Watch this. This is grace for you. We have the story in John chapter 8, but we don't know her name. And you tell me that's not grace. Jesus was showing this woman grace and he forgave her. Jesus will forgive you and me, whether it's divorce, adultery, murder, suicide, sodomy, fornication. It does not matter. None of these things are the unforgivable, unpardonable sin. Understand, listen close. The only underscore bold, only unforgivable sin is your rejection of Jesus Christ. In other words, if you take your last breath on this earth and you have not received Christ as your Lord and your Savior and you have trusted him with your life, when you take your next breath in, in his presence to be judged by him, he will not forgive you of that. He will not forgive you of that. You will not be a special case. You will not have an opportunity to say, but Lord, because you will call him Lord. Can I read you a story? I think it's a great story of a woman named Corey Ten Boone. You know the story? You ever heard of her? Yeah, this is a great story. Listen to this. It's an amazing story of forgiveness that comes from the concentration camp experience of the Dutch Christian, Corey Timboon. Listen, Corey and her family were sent to the Nazi concentration camp at Ravensbrück for hiding Jews in their home. And Corey tragically lost her father and her sister Betsy in that camp. And after years of untold suffering in the camp through a clerical error that was really an act of providence from God, Corey was released from Ravensbrück. And tragically, all the women prisoners in that same camp her age were killed the week following her release. Corey spent the rest of her life as a self-described tramp for the Lord. Speaking of God's work in her life during the very difficult time. Well, some years later, after one of her church meetings, Corey met face to face with one of the very cruel and heartless Nazi guards that she had faced previously at Ravensbrook. He humiliated her and degraded her and her sister. He jeered and stared lustfully as they stood in the delousing shower. And now he stood before her with hand outstretched, and he asked, Will you forgive me? And she writes, I stood there with coldness clutching at my heart, but I know that the will, of, the will can function regardless of temperature of heart. I prayed, Jesus, help me. Woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me, and I experienced an incredible thing. The current started in my shoulders and raced down into my arms and sprang into our clutched hands. And then this warm reconciliation seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. 
I forgive you, brother. I cried with my whole heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard, the former prisoner. I have never known the love of God so intensely as I did in that moment. It's a great story. Story of forgiveness. We need to be forgiving people. God forgives no matter what we've done. That's what Christmas is really all about. The babe born in Bethlehem is not about the cute little baby in the manger. It's not about the gifts. It's about God who came down to earth to forgive us of our sins. Man's greatest need is not another present. Man's greatest need, my greatest need, is to be forgiven. And would to God, because we have been forgiven so much, that we learn to love each other and forgive each other. God is an awesome God. Somebody should clap their hands for the Lord. Would you do that? Amen. God's an awesome God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.